episode 108 of the Cult of Matt and Mark Cult Film Review Podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Mark. And make sure to hit our blog at cultfilmreview.blogspot.com or shoot us an email at cultfilmreview at gmail.com. And, and Mr. Hudson, what else what? Do, what, what else can we say about... Uh, uh, um, we're on Facebook. Run the book face. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the face of books. <laughs> the face of books. Uh, if you uh, search for the Cult of Matt and Mark, we now have our page up. Uh, I think it's going to be our primary form of interaction with our fans, I'm hoping, because it seems pretty easy uh, to do that and update things and post little whimsical things onto the the page that – like I saw a trailer for Jodorowsky's Dune. Oh, yeah, I saw that on there. I didn't have a chance to look at it. Since oh, that looks fucking awesome. Movie. It's like the greatest sci-fi film ever made. Anyway. Now, that I'm, is not out yet. Is that what? Is that correct? No. Well, Jodorowsky's Dune will never be out. I know, the but the documentary, the documentary Jodorowsky's Dune will be out at some point in the near future. I'll have to go so, check it out. So I wanted to post something on, on something, but the way the blog is, is people have to go to it, and it's like kind of segmented by month and it seems like a pain in the ass so it's sort of your traditional linear web page yeah so i figured if we just threw it up on uh, literally and figuratively maybe threw it up on our facebook page people could check it out and say this looks stupid you guys are full of shit whatever you know you can troll it all you want if there's a i mean i know on some of the sort of mediocre uh, movie podcasts which i include ours among oh definitely mediocre (laughs) Um, highly mediocre I subscribe to a few of them in my podcast application of choice, and I end up deleting most of them before I listen to them because I haven't seen the film. Sure. And so it's only I only find these really interesting seeing a couple of usually two or three guys drone on about a movie if I've seen it. It makes it more lively as the listener. So I think there's probably a lot of people who occasionally listen to our podcast. Oh yeah, and, no, I can uh, tell by they the don't want to listen to every one. So that's not a bad idea. That way, you know, you get the update in Facebook. I yeah, guess. yeah, I'm not sure how that works. And then you could, if you want to, you can go download it. And most of the time, you're not going to be that interested unless you've seen these movies. We're going to be putting coming attractions. I know you kind of have to wait to the end of the podcast to hear what we're going to do next week, but uh, I think we'll put coming attractions on the Facebook page uh, as far out as we can, you know, predict, or at least that we know what we're doing. So you can like not bother with us for two weeks if we're doing a bunch of. Uh, Dan, o- Dan O'Bannon bullshit for the next Fuck month you. or two. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so, anyway. uh, speaking, speaking of that, um, I've, I got the rest of my Dan O'Bannon-a-thon worked out. Uh, next week will be uh, Life Force, which I, yes. which I took a quick look at. I'm sort of surprised about the, the level of production. It's weird that it's, that movie's uh, sort of fallen off pe- of popular remembrance because it looks like somebody put a lot of money into that motherfucker. I, I saw when I was... Uh, a kid back in the 80s, I remember seeing Life Force. It's basically vampires in space. And as a kid, you know, you're not that discerning, but I do remember a little bit of the film. And mm-hmm. I remember it not being B-movie camp. No, it's, no, it's it's right almost, it's just, it's above, it's in between B and, and like, I know, A-movie. It's pretty good. I, I didn't watch the whole thing. I just sort of, just to get the feel for the video quality, I took a look through it after i ripped it so i'm actually looking pretty i'm looking forward to that after that um well, of course this is every other week uh will be total recall and then uh the the final movie on the dano bandathon will be screamers and after that i think i want to do a couple for my picks a couple of viewer choices now i got some right. emails here and even though i never email anybody back i do look at the emails when Matt uh, feels like sending them to me because I don't want to look up the password for our email account. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's one that's a, like a, a, a post-apocalyptic um, a British television movie. It looks pretty interesting. That The day the after? Something like that. I got I to gotta confirm with the guy who sent it in as a recommendation. That's That's the right one. All right. And uh, then after that, I think you have a couple more. We have some past emails, but I think it might be nice to have a couple of uh, suggestions for fresh ideas and maybe include one of those and right. uh, then after that i got another rothon that matt's <laughs> really excited about oh, uh, lined up after that uh, just don't even tell me i don't want to know i like surprises i guess anyway it's gonna uh, be a bob guccione a thon uh, okay um sure lots of porno i guess for the the latter part of the year in that case 
It's, we're going to change the name of the podcast to The Wank of Matt and Mark. <laughs> uh, yeah, Two Girls, One Cup will be our first movie. And then, I mean, they'll be um, shorter reviews, obviously. Then I might make you review, uh, review uh, Zoo, which uh, I had, I'm not familiar with that. It's uh, it's the 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 uh, biopic about my uh, former office mate. Uh, oh, I'm surprised you want to talk about that. Seems like it'd be a little. Pitchy. I've never seen it. Uh, I, I, you know, sometimes it's you want to look into the abyss a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I know I do. I don't think the abyss is going to look back at me anymore, but <laughs> I'll take a stare into it. I don't even know who directed it, but uh, it's uh, it's. Uh, I think it's probably going to be way more humanizing of the individual than uh, I would give it credit for. So, mm. anyway, but I um, think uh, I mean we're all humans, no matter what demons lie within us, or giant horse penises lie within us. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. Um, well, anywho, wow. let's see what okay. other news. You know, I got I got one thing I want to talk about. And this is not movie related. Have you? It's used, show news. Go ahead. Have you used Windows Eight yet? No, I haven't. I know you always ass. knock me about buying electronics and shit, but I went and bought a piece of electronics this week. I uh, there was a super sale on uh, Microsoft uh, uh, Surface Pros. They're like okay. half price because they were getting rid of their old stock. Mark's always you. And let me let me just uh, elucidate. Is it elucidate fans? Fill in s- some details about Mark. Mark's uh, what would I call you? A bit of a contrarian when it comes to consumer electronics. You uh, went out and bought a Zen. Uh, when the iPods were hitting the market, was that? Uh, but the, they were called Zens. No, no, they were called uh, Zunes. Zunes. Yeah, you yeah. I bought a Zune. I bought. See, I always i i get them on sale because I'm a cheapskate, but I like electronics. So right. I bought it when they were on like super sale. Right. Saying, it was sort of fun to have around. It was like it was like the iPod alternative. Yeah, but you but you're I guess you're you're you entertain knockoff con- consumer electronic brands and uh, um, you should almost write a review site. Like, no, see, I just don't do enough. I mean, you see these electronics review sites. I used to be really into that stuff, and I'm not as much any longer. All right, but I so like do to tell. Keep, I like to keep somewhat current. It's really weird. It's a really weird operating system. Um, it's like it's they bifurcated the interface just in this insane manner. It sort of reminds me a little bit of Windows 95, where they sort of hid DOS underneath it, but it was still there, and you still had to go yeah. there to do things. Right. And also, it hit. Remember, remember how Windows 3.1? It used to. Had something no. called like the um, <laughs> Windows three one had the uh, Command Explorer or something for actually oh, launching fuck, programs, yeah. right. and they moved to the Start Bar. You remember that, right? Uh, they sort of had. They it's sort like had we're both, talking nineteen ninety two. I know they had both interfaces sitting side by side. It's sort of the same thing here, except they've really they have the they have like desktop lab land, and then they have Metro Land, and never the twain shall meet, even though they exist simultaneously in the operating system and they made desktop lab very land very hard to use because they, they got rid of the start oh menu. okay but all the all programs that are programmed for desktop land still live there and they don't they don't live in metro land in metro land all the applications are now apps and they live only in metro land and it's a fucking mess <laughs> it's just a fucking mess i mean i don't understand i don't know what they were thinking but it blows uh I don't recommend it. it. Wait, wait for Windows Nine, everybody. It blows. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's about half the reviews of all Microsoft products. You know, I'm I, sure it's a fine product. I just don't understand this bifurcation they're going for. It's your. I think it's your standard solution arrived at by committee. That sounds like the Steve Ballmer way of doing business over there. <laughs> okay, uh, let's get on to the uh, get out of this boring uh, what have you and get into the movie this week, which is the 1987 Predator. A quick plot rundown. A team of special forces ops led by a tough but fair soldier, Major Dutch Schaefer, are ordered in to assist CIA man George Dillon on a rescue mission for potential survivors of a helicopter downed over remote Central American jungle. Not long after they land, Dutch and his team discover that they have been sent in under false pretenses. This deception turns out to be the least of their worries, though, when they find themselves being methodically hunted by something not of this world. That's it. You know, man. All I could hear when I when I saw the when I saw the uh, subplot play out was the old Russian spy now, man, and mm. tisk tisk tisking. He fucking called it. Yeah, he was just shaking his head in the back of the theater, thinking oh, about what a bunch boy, of inferior hacks, ideas from inferior minds. Yeah, who who was the writer of this? Uh, it was uh, Jim Thomas and John Thomas. 
Aren't those uh, euphemisms for the male John member? John Thomas? Yeah. yeah. I, so. yeah. I don't know about the Jim Thomas. Jim Thomas. <laughs> Maybe that's uncircumcised. <laughs> the Jim and John Thomas. No, yeah. I think that's the Abraham Thomas. No, so, I, I don't know. How many times have you seen this movie before? Uh, you know, funny enough, I've seen it a couple times before. I have too. It's well shot, except for some grade B uh, film that they used by accident that gave some some of the shots some graininess. Uh, uh, I think I think they were I think they had some uh, production issues that led them to have to push the, some of the colors now and again in the shots. Like when he's falling in off the waterfall, you know how it's like really weirdly grainy. Uh, um, some of that kind of stuff. Yeah, maybe. You know, um, it's interesting. I watched this movie uh, with normally, and I watched it with the uh, the dialogue. Uh, there was just a straight up. Um, I mean, only the director uh, John McTiernan did a uh, McTiernan. What the, what the hell is his name? McTiernan. Yeah, it's McTiernan. Um, he did an audio commentary. It was a little, a little lackadaisical, but he gave you some insight into the. Movie. You didn't get the uh, the the uh, insightful commentary by Arnold Schwarzenegger. I hear he's brilliant. I thought <laughs> I thought there was such a commentary, but the DVD I got from Netflix oh. didn't have it. Did you get it off? Of no, uh, but I've heard, and I want to say it was Conan the Barbarian. There was some movie where Arnold is doing a uh, commentary, and it's it's. The worst commentary, DVD commentary ever. He's like, oh, yeah, this is the scene where I fight like a – I'm doing a terrible Arnold impression. I fight like a gladiator. And then you watch the scene where he's fighting like a gladiator. It's like, thanks, Arnold. That really helped well, out. I mean, it could have been – I mean, there was the commentary tracked on Conan the Barbarian. But uh, he uh, did the commentary tracked with Milius. And oh, it wasn't that bad. Okay. Milius had to go in and uh, add. Oh, I'm some thinking a Total Recall. Co- Sorry, I'm it thinking might, Total it Recall. Might have been the Total. I haven't seen the Total Recall. You will. commentary. So you will, I'm though. definitely going to have to watch it with Total Recall commentary when okay. we do it here. Um, what else was it? Good? Oh, well, the problem was um, where they shot. They shot in two different locations in Mexico, but one of the places they shot was the deciduous forest, and it was like fall. Oh and yeah, the whole that's forest, where all the leaves are on the ground. The, yeah, that's why. But the problem was the trees weren't green; they were all red. And oh, so, yeah. on a lot of the shots, they had to push the color uh, to make it green. And okay. uh, I think they had to play some color games, and it made the the film not look that great uh, for some of the shots that were shot in those specific locations. It didn't look bad, though. I mean, it no, seemed, I thought it looked really good. Yeah, it seemed pretty clean. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh. The Russian Spy. So mm. I, I had a little bit of perspective watching this. Uh, the movie is extremely straightforward plot-wise, except for the beginning. And uh, what I was wondering <laughs> was, uh, okay, so obviously, uh, what is it, Major Dutch Schaefer, which is a spectacular uh, uh, beefcake hero name, by the way. I don't think you could have come up with a better one for this film. Dutch Schaefer. Let's just say I'd, want, I'd like to do a Dutch oven with him. <laughs> a Dutch oven and a Dutch, a Dutch, a guy named Dutch who's obviously German. You know, whatever. <laughs> so, Why not? Uh, um, so he's a major. He has, uh, I assume, his his commando party are all of rank. Well, Yet, they're all retired. No, okay. No, what? How do you know they're retired? I I'm just assuming they're retired. No, okay, stop they assuming. They don't, you know when well, you assume I mean, you they, make an ass out of They come in dressed like a bunch of civvies. See, that's the okay. So this and they're is, doing work for the state. They're doing contract work for the state. They're contractors. Sense. Are they? They're mercenaries. So I thought they were like because I watched it and you you watch them and then they're all, you know, obviously all uh, military in appearance. Yeah, they, they're all referring I mean, to each other as major and sergeant. Well, and you all still that get. I mean, stuff. when you leave the when you retire from the military, you keep your rank. No, you you're don't. Given, you're given that nope. rank retired. Nope. Let, let me correct you. Maybe no. Uh, you, only I I would say not in an operational sense of the word because I know test pilots. I don't know test pilots. I've come across test pilots. I was like I went and had a beer with a F twenty two test pilot. No, uh, but. If you look right below their canopy, you know, in Top Gun where uh, – maybe not, but maybe listeners do uh, – where it would say like 
lieutenant major so-and-so underneath the canopy like where the pilot is uh if you're a retired air force yet you're doing test pilot work say for a contractor whether it be lockheed or boeing or whoever you are referred to as mister i know that much so having referring to somebody as major and lieutenant and sergeant while you're doing contract work uh, I don't know. Maybe it man, was. Man, for... you just you just blew a hole in this movie a mile wide. Fucking fucking a man. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Blowing holes in movies. Okay, so I'm with you. They're they're basically like I was thinking of them as like Blackwater contractors, right? I mean, that's kind of there. They're certainly contractors, and I think just the fact that they're called by their former retired ranks is just a, I don't know, just a. Right, because from the writing standpoint, because Dylan, nobody but you cares about (laughs) Dylan, the CIA agent made up a story to get Uh them on contract, because if they were actually enlisted people, you wouldn't ever get you wouldn't give a shit about making up a story. It's like, hey, you're going to come in there and find the CIA operative that went down and uh, we sent in some green berets and they fucked up. So now you're going in. Well, there you you just answered. You just answered your own question. Okay. Okay, then that makes sense. Uh, I was a little lost there, I must say. Because of the usage, but I, I'm not familiar with that contractor aspect where they don't use their... I, I bet some guys that were army buddies might casually refer to the, each other by their old ranks. I, maybe they would. And now, I guess that was the confusing part because maybe I'm a little bit... Uh, uh, what's the right word? Uh, too close to it. Uh, at least how, I've come. How are you too? Are you too close, to dude? <laughs> I'm an advisor for black contractor operations overseas. I'm just here to tell you. Oh. I know how it goes. No, so just, is, do you run into some Dutch types? No, beef caked out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm the techie guy. I'm the guy with the giant glasses that you saw there, who dies in the beginning. You know, with those gigantic Hawkins? 80s. Is that his name, Hawkins? The, the nerdy the, dude with the makes fir- the pussy jokes. That guy. <laughs> the first of the guys uh, to die? <laughs> the other day, I went up to my girlfriend. I said, you know, I'd like a little pussy. She said, me too. Mine's as big as a house. Exactly. That's the kind of guy I am on those operations, you know, the, those black operations, contractor operations. I make the jokes. I mean, you've never been in a chopper flying right. into the jungle. <laughs> the other day, I was going down to my girlfriend. I said to her, Jace, you got a big pussy. Jace, you got a big pussy. She said, why did you say that twice? And I said, I didn't. You get okay. it? Yeah. You get oh, that yeah, one? it's hilarious. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I laughed like that. Uh, that. Oh, by the way, yeah. I'm going to get back to the whole calling people by Mr. and Lieutenant and Major here in a second. Mm-hmm. But you know how we talked about this being a two-governor movie, a certified two-governor movie? Oh, do you got that? You got that? Did you just find got, that piece of trivia? No, no, I knew, we knew that. Obviously, it's obvious. No, no, no. Uh, the, the the potential third governor piece of the trivia. The potential third governor was hit, hit Sonny Sonny Landham, the guy who played the Native American guy, and I don't mm-hmm. know what his ethnicity is per se. Republican, obviously, uh, ran an unsuccessful campaign for governor of Kentucky in two thousand three. Yeah, we were so close. Hey, we almost came. We could, if we would have been on top of things, we could have sent him some money. Do you think it was Predator that pushed him into the the political circle? He's like, you know what? No, I think Got it might have been already. I think it might have been alcoholism. <laughs> well, it is bourbon country, you know, to to, to govern that state, whatever. Uh, no, my okay, my my uh, interaction with that whole what we were talking about—that's boring the shit out of our listeners—is. Uh, they rolled an F-22 across the, the street at my company. I'm just going to refer to it as my company for, like, show-and-tell day. So everybody that worked on that plane could go, oh. say. <laughs> Everybody go, oh, look, you know, there's a, there's. And anyway, they had there was a test pilot. Uh, the test pilot was there just kind of hanging out next to his plane because he was proud of it or whatever. And, by the way, pilots are like midgets. He was like 5'5". Five, five. He was a dinky little dude. They want them small just for their weight purposes? I think they just want them small to fit them in those fucking airplanes. Oh, I don't know what the deal is. T- yeah, yeah. I wouldn't fit in them. And uh, he looked like Buzz Lightyear. He, he, seriously, his like chest was as broad as he was tall. It was it was, it was hilarious. He was like maybe, this little, Maybe that improves his ability to pull Gs if you have small limbs and I a big so. central body. 
you can, yeah. you can tighten up your ab- abdomens and keep all your blood in your brain. I've never met, and I've met few military pilots, but I've never seen a, a military pilot that was like a big lumbering giant. Like a lanky know. guy. Yeah, well, lanky, you know. The, the, well, I mean, I, lanky, I, met, I mean long legs. I met big, a lanky big helicopter cankles, pilot. Big cankles. Yeah, no, I'm talking like tactical vehicles, like really fast, you know, supersonic type things. Mm. Um, anyway, this guy was just, he, 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 he was almost a caricature of himself. It was hilarious. And <laughs> anyway, he was standing there all puff-chested, you know, uh, behind the little velvet rope that was surrounding the aircraft, you know, ask, answering a few questions. And uh, his his little whatever you call it on his flight suit, you know, they have embroidered their their name, whatever, and it usually says like Lieutenant So and So, and it said Mister So and So. So I looked he's it a up. Test pilot. Yeah, well, he's a retired Air Force. So mm-hmm. when you're retired Air Force and you're still piloting aircraft, you're Mister. And I ran into. Are we still guy. talking about this Mister business? I'm sorry. I'm just trying to tell you where it came from. I'm not full of shit. So. Wow, we just consumed like ten minutes. No, I told I totally talking about that you. bullshit. All right, good. Now that we have that point settled, on to the movie. <laughs> so, okay, that was the the the, the thin plot of the film, uh, and you know, and the other thing, if you have a hostage situation in a yeah. small guerrilla compound, yeah, do you think it's wise to launch grenades into every single building you see? Absolutely, they're flashbangs. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, some good stunt work. I was thinking that's some good eighty stunt work going on in that. Yeah, that. I, I guess the guy who that was second. A lot of that stunt work was second unit stuff, and I guess the okay. guy who shot that uh, used to do a lot of A team episodes. Oh, it looked A team, all right, but it was a good A team. It, it looked really. Good. It looked <laughs> it was fun. Funny, uh, Mc, McTurnan was uh, dogging on it uh, on the uh, on the uh, commentary track. Oh, why? It was some of the best stuff. He said he had to go up there and pick up some more interesting shots because it was so rote. Well, it was always like two guys flying over your head on fire. That was yeah. like half Landing of... And a bunch of like loose dirt over at one of those <laughs> springy mats. <laughs> that was like almost every other shot. And they were always in like pairs <laughs> of two. Yeah, yeah. And it was all stunt guy I, shots. That's what Tim McTurnan said. And I always liked how Arnold Schwarzenegger shot from the hip during that entire scene. There was never any aim shots. He was just <laughs> strolling casually. Yeah, well, everybody was like uh, five feet from him. You couldn't miss him. I know. <laughs> everybody ran into the room and was surprised by Arnold Schwarzenegger sitting there. I mean, he had so he had so much time. He was able to uh, stick around. Yeah, he was exactly. Able to face some guy to the wall. Was that the start? Of the Arnold one-liners, like when he when he we'll when, stick he, around, when he ices somebody, he, he throws out those one-liners. Because uh, if you ever seen The Running Man, everybody he kills is uh, given the one-liner treatment. You know? uh, but he doesn't use ice to see you until uh, Batman Three. Oh, does he say ice to see you? Ice to see you. <sighs> I, I was going to try to. Seen, regurg- I've never seen that movie, but I, I was going to try to regurgitate some lines from the other two governor movie, Running Man. Starring Jesse well, why don't we just wait as till well, we do Running Man? We're going to do it. We could do Running Man. Yeah, I, I mean it's a it, it, it's a, a a poorly adapted Stephen King novella. We can mm. do it anyway. So <laughs> that scene, but as a kid, I, I watched this when it came out in the theater. So I must have been thirteen, fourteen. I saw it with my friend Pat, and uh, we loved the shit out of it because it was so campy. This, this those lines were so campy, and that scene was so ridiculous. You know. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fun, but uh, as a hostage situation, it seemed very uh, poor form. Um, yeah, it was uh, a little too violent. But of yeah, course, you had like a handful of guys against what looked to be a couple of score <laughs> worth of enemies, <laughs> and right. it's a real tactical disadvantage. You're probably gonna have to use a little of the old shock and awe. A little shock and awe, yeah, yeah, and unlimited ammo. I, I don't, I, I didn't see a Dutch replace a. M16 clip once, but... Uh, no, uh, ooh, you know, in that opening scene of the podcast where they mow down the forest... Is that what, you do is that what see, we're listening you, to? Yeah, I was like, you, what the fuck are we listening to? You do to? see them uh, change some clips uh, okay. in that scene, uh, yeah. A couple of times. Uh, well, I mean, you kind of had to keep it real to a point. Right? <laughs> yeah, you had to keep it real with that <laughs> fucking Gatling gun. They pulled off a goddamn uh, helicopter. Yeah, by the way, that's not a, a field serviceable weapon although 
I would argue that set the precedent for all of the Doom games. Am I wrong? I mean, is that kind of uh, the yeah, whole? I think so, <laughs> I mean that that I guess the actual rotation of the uh, of the multiple barrels had to be supplied by like a, a, a like a, a huge cart full of batteries that they hid behind the actor to actually oh. run the the electric motor that turns the barrels. Yeah. And then uh, they had to turn the fire rate down to one quarter of its actual service fire rate. And Wait, even... so was that, a, that was an actual helicopter-mounted minigun that they put on Jesse Ventura uh-huh. for the movie? Okay, so... One, it was running at one quarter speed, and I think that Jesse Ventura could hold, like, enough squibs to run it for, like, about three seconds. When you say squibs, you mean I mean uh, those blanks. little blast packs, yeah, those little those, blood packs. They, I don't mean squibs. I mean blanks. Oh, okay, blanks. They're actually, they're, yeah. they're actually firing out of that uh, out of that minigun. My uncle uh, flew in. And they called them Puff the Magic Dragons, but they were AC one thirty gunships in Vietnam. And they're basically I don't know if you can go Google an AC one thirty, but it's a C one thirty prop plane. Pretty ubiquitous, but it was outfitted for uh, ground suppression, and so it was one of these crazy planes that that special operations built, and it has like a fucking howitzer hanging off the side of it. It's just on one side is just this arsenal of crazy ass cannons and guns. I mean, and off the would, body of the plane? Yeah, it was like on the right or the left side or something like that. Huh. And so what it would do is it would just do what they call a racetrack pattern around uh, an enemy zone. And just blow the living shit out of it. And so one of his jobs was to, I guess, feed the minigun. I don't know. I think they were fixed. I don't know if he actually. How, how big was the crew on these? On these. Oh, they probably ships. had like a crew of six. Okay. You know? So he had somebody. They had like two howitzers of varying size. And then they had the minigun. And the minigun was kept in this firebox that was built out of the fuselage, you know, because it was, it was just a crazy weapon. And he would actually wear these knee-high boots that were thermally insulated because he would be in there feeding the minigun, and it would fill up full of shells so quickly, and they were all fucking just, just, just molten hot that it would have burned through anybody's actual like boots and pants if if he if he wasn't protected. So, but he was yeah. actually shot down. He got shot down. In one oh, of those over planes. where? Vietnam. Oh, how did Allegedly, get out? Vietnam. He, uh, they crashed somewhere uh, behind enemy lines, mm-hmm. and he was blinded, and he crawled out of the wreckage, and he hid in the jungle, and he could hear the NVA moving through. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just kind of, I guess, laid low, and it was at night until, uh, I guess, uh, U.S. could come and secure the area. So, anyway. Was he, was he blinded for like a few weeks or something? No, I don't. I think it, I don't know what the deal was exactly. The nature of his injuries, mm, yeah, so maybe but, some corneal uh, burns, yeah, something like that. You know, but I guess that was pretty fucking crazy running those mini guns. Uh, pretty, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm glad I'm, I haven't been on the receiving end of any weapons of war. It's insane. I know, but they're so they great for video apart. games. Just think about the video game. Would the video game first person shooter be anything without the minigun? That's all yeah, I'm saying. You know, I, I tried to play a first person shooter a while ago. Uh, I bought Borderlands 2 because everybody said, oh, this is a great, you know, modern first person shooter with yeah. fun sort it's of It's kind of quasi cartoon, isn't it? Yeah, I, it is. I just could not get into it. It just, I just, just something about strafing around firing weapons just doesn't get me. Getting I need old, a, man. I like Getting my combat old. to be more visceral, sort of medieval. I like you, you like know. to pull like, somebody's uh, uh, heart out from the rib cage. And I just like I like, to be, I like to be sword and boarding when I'm fighting in a video game. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but I think Doom pretty much uh, uh, codified the BFG into all video game. Well, the BFG uh, was an energy weapon. Uh, oh, they, that's they were true. just a straight up gat that you used. That's it really, true. really wasn't the best weapon. It was like you wanted you wanted like the shotgun was the prime weapon. Well, obviously, it wasn't the I best mean. weapon in Predator either. <laughs> it had no aim. You would have been better off with like an M60 machine I know, gun. It took a couple of bastards down with those things. Well, it t- you could definitely uh, if you needed to do some uh, uh, 
you know, if you if you were a lumberjack, I think uh, a minigun <laughs> could take down a whole forest. <laughs> As with most war, improvised weapons are what really get the job done. Oh, you mean uh, gigantic tree stumps held up by vines that you rig <laughs> uh-huh. as traps? Is that mm-hmm. kind of the thing you're what talking about? What are those about? sticks yeah. you put up that people run into? Pogey sticks? What are those? Pogey called? sticks. Yeah, no, that, you're right. That's not the, that's not the name. It's not pogey. It's uh, pungy. Pungy sticks. Or, yeah. Is that right? Pungy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That they would dip in, in like uh, septic pits to get all nice and bacteria filled. So you would oh, die of an infection yeah, yeah. and all that good stuff. Yeah, so. that's that's uh, that's how most, just like in this movie, it's mostly you don't fire your bullets. You get the, you take the gunpowder out of them and wrap them in a leaf and, and yeah, set them on right. fire at the end of a spear. That's right. That works well. <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the alien, uh, the predator itself, which mm. I think is probably uh, what's been the most iconic about Predator and has survived decades. We Did you ever see Predators recently? I did. I did see Predators. I think. I think I saw it in the theater when it came out. Did you see it with me? Uh, I might have. I was okay. It's not bad, really. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, it wasn't bad, right? I mean, I sort of like how they took it to the next level, I guess. But I, you know, I've never been a huge fan of the Predator design. That had a Russian spy in it too, by the way. Did you know that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Topher Grace. Well, there was like a couple of subplots. They got yeah. through, they got uh, Larry. Um, what's his name? I know. Who you're about. Yeah sort of turned on them too, but that was pretty quick. Right. Uh, so the monster itself, a Stan Winston creation. Yes. Uh, I guess they had some shitty monster to begin with that was, uh, <laughs> looked, looked like a lizard and a cross with a duck. Or yeah, did you, did you see the all. pictures of it? They're available. No. Is they're, there not, they're, they're not that bad. I'll uh, be honest well, with you. It's, can I Google has, it now? What, yeah, you what, can Google it right now. You'll see it has sort of a little bit of an insectoid look to it. Which okay. um which is not great is I don't think is I don't think is that bad. I mean I think there were some issues because it, it had these sort of an extra joint in its legs and the act and the the when you had a full body shot the the uh actor that was in the suit had to walk on like these stilts. And uh, oh, I'm looking guess, at it now. And I guess it was just uh, to see if you can get a full body shot. I guess it was yeah. really impractical as far as in the in the jungle actually doing shots it was impractical to move around in it okay and um though generally i don't think i sort of like the insectoid it's not too bad it reminds me of the uh, space uh pirates in metroid if you remember those yeah i'm trying to get a better view of it here i go like original predator i mean it's a, it's okay i mean the thing about these aliens in in mcturney talks about it a little bit his, oh, you're uh, right. It does look like a giant. It looks like uh, Jeff Goldblum is the fly. Well, That's the uh, the original looked. idea was that um, uh, JCVD would uh, be the actor. Oh, yeah. and he was actually brought in to animate it because they wanted Jean Claude, and they wanted to have him uh, be sort of like this martial arts thing. But I right. guess it didn't work out with the suit, and uh, they decided they wanted to go with just like uh, use a tall actor so it'd be imposing next to. The regular size, super beefy um, Schwarzenegger yeah, yeah. and uh, Carl Weathers. Right. I mean, Carl Weathers was fucking ripped. Yeah, everybody was ripped in this fucking movie, man. Like <laughs> that Indian guy was uh, Hawkins. Sonny Londham, he like rips off his shirt to do some weird sort of tribal ritual before he gets murdered by the predator. I don't really get that. But uh, yeah, he was ripped. Um, yeah, there wasn't a flabby body in this whole film. So the the thing is, um, I, when you're trying to, when you're trying to get like an alien enemy, I mean, what does it take to get a, a real timeless design? And uh, which anybody throws up, including uh, McTiernan in in the commentary, he goes, "It's the alien." Yeah, yeah, of course. Alien. That's what makes this movie. And he says, "You know, shit." There you had like, uh, you know, you had an absolute artistic genius come up with the design with gear. Hey, by the way, give credit where credit's due. The, uh, the mandible, the predator mandible, James Cameron's idea to sand. Oh yeah. Yeah. The mandible thing. Yeah. That's the story. Um, that's the story. It's not true. 
No, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's the. I mean, that's that's what because uh, I guess uh, uh, Stan Winston was working on it while he was on a trans-Pacific flight okay. with Cameron, and Cameron was sitting next to him in first class while he was. Sketch- they were going over there to do some some. I think I don't know some. I think they were maybe doing some press or something for okay. uh, one of the movies, like Terminator or something. Okay. And um, he was he was he was drawing ideas out, and uh, Cameron piped in a couple times. So I mean. I just don't see the Predator as really iconic. Well, you know what I mean? It's just not. But it is. It not, is. It's, it's an it's iconic just sort monster. Of like, let's make a gross, badge mouth, <laughs> sort of uh, green alien. But the, the big the big thing is, okay, he's he's real big guy, muscular, has like sort of long and has some claws. And uh, his most, he's got like a gross face that's made up of putting like bumpy stuff over a human face. I mean, the iconic things are the vagina mouth and the Rasta dreads. Yeah, the the the, the Rasta hair. I just don't I just don't go alien, big guy, vagina mouth, Rasta hair. That's it. <laughs> That's the idea. I don't just don't think it's that amazing. But it is iconic and I don't know if it's uh It is, but it, it's not revolutionary. It's not it's not real. I think it would have been cool if uh when they took off the mask it was just a guy. Hmm? It's like, that makes you think. Hey, that makes like, you think, uh, huh? Like Prometheus when they take yeah. off the space jockeys. Yeah. And it's like, hey, it's that, just a dude. It made me think. It's just some dude just it like me. It made me think, Jesus fucking Christ, what a terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I sort, I sort of, actually, I do like the design in 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 uh, Aliens 3000 or whatever. Or Prometheus. <laughs> 3000. <laughs> I do, I, actually, I do like. Do you like, like the that, space jockeys with their goofy, like, doll heads inside the space jockey outfit? You yeah, I think it's fine all, with that. I, 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 that is not the part that I have a problem with. Okay, we'll moment. leave that one be. I well, okay. So maybe the whole package of the Predator is I mean, it's, it's a solid. It's a solid movie monster. Well, it, you it's know, not Sam thinking, Winston's best work. Is the design that, or is the concept of the plot or the premise of this film that original? Uh, where you and a big alien game hunter. Uh, coming to hunt the most dangerous game. I think isn't that isn't that like an old short story, most dangerous game or something like that? Where well, I think um, I heard stories, and I'm not really up on my sci-fi fantasy fiction, but I think it's an old idea. I think it was mostly like people hunting people. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to. I'm I'm looking it up now. I read it back in school but i think uh most dangerous game short story by richard connell 1924 yeah it was old main character a big game hunter from new york who falls off a yacht and swims to an isolated island in the caribbean where he is hunted by a cossack aristocrat oh those fucking cossacks leave it to them so it has yeah i think it's a great idea well yeah we've seen it in film before i mean we've seen these evil aliens they can be super intelligent you know, in TV or something like they want to harvest people like V or to serve man, that old uh, yeah, yeah. skip from Twilight Zone. Or they can just be insane like the blob or like the thing. Right. Or of course, their motives are questionable. The, the neat thing about this movie is that it's all, a thrill of our, kill. all of our human protagonists, the, they came to understand what the Predator was in reality. Yeah. It's something we can understand. You can imagine the Predator's intelligence level is not any different from ours, really. Well, no, no, it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's a twist on a theme, (laughs) which really is, 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 is kind of the best of sci-fi. I mean, this is genuine, decent, genuinely decent science fiction going on here where you just basically, um, I want to say anthropomorphize an alien but you do it in such a way that extrapolates upon our current motivations. Like it's not too hard to anthropomorphize the predator. It has nipples, for Christ's sakes. Has nipples. That means it, uh, it, it produced breast milk. Yeah, that's true. It's probably a mammal. <laughs> all I could sakes. think of. Well, all right. So of course, I you know I always go to the uh, uh, the humdrum. Uh, day to day of what a predator's life would be on another on its home world right so you have these guys which are 
sort of the macho kings of Spain that go to Southern Africa and shoot bull elephants and all that good stuff. You know, these are these are the macho assholes, uh, the big game hunters. But then somewhere on the predator homeworld, you have a predator engineer. <laughs> some guy who has to design his little guns and his spaceships and all his weapons. You have some dorky uh, – because obviously this is a highly techno, tech, technological uh, race, you know, to, to get uh, one of themselves to an interstellar planet to go hunt human beings and then assume – that they recover them and take them back home and all that good stuff. It's a spacefaring culture, right? So yeah. you have to you have to have a huge bulwark of civilization for a spacefaring culture. It's a post scarcity culture. A post scarcity culture, right? Where they have enough time to do the most extravagant of preoccupations, you mm-hmm. know, go to a different world and hunt hunt game. Well let me just uh, imagine how many worlds there must be. I know. In reality, just looking at Kepler, that if you were a post scarcity spacefaring being you go you can do whatever you want i think sure some people would want to go actually feel the i mean this predator is more than just like a big game hunter when like some guy goes on a big game hunt to kill a black rhinoceros at no point in that hunt is his life in danger any more than your life's in danger commuting to work right the thing the predator is doing is much more visceral he's much more in the shit he's taking risk he's looking for actual worthy opponents yeah he's looking for a fight he's looking to take risks and put his life on the line not totally mind you he's not looking for a fair fight he's just looking for uh you know a meaty worthy game where you know he might get shot in the leg every once in a while it's the difference between somebody going out on the field to shoot a domesticated cow and somebody uh i don't know what's a dangerous beast to go hunting uh, uh, hippopotami. Fuck. Nobody does that, though. They all hunt, like, fucking elk and shit. Uh, hippopotamus. Nobody ever gets with a, a hippopotamus with a mounted knife. on their Nobody ever gets a hippopotamus mounted on their wall. That would and be man, pretty badass, though. And a mankini. And they get, like, uh, fucking water buffalo and shit. You well, know, they kill them. They, of, any, of any mammal, they kill the most human beings on the planet. I know. Why aren't people fucking hunting them and uh, feigning their badassness about you, it? I mean, there's a lot of them. Hippopotamus hunters. I mean, there's a lot of hippopotami. I know. Why don't they hunt them? I, maybe if, they're no good to eat. I don't think they're worthy opponents. I, I mean, uh, the thing is, if anything, I gotta respect the predator more than yeah, I yeah. respect some guy going and uh, killing a big game. Oh I yeah, mean, yeah, the, yeah, totally. The predators. It's it's a real adventure. It's like doing that. It's like as dangerous as that. Um, what do you? What are those fucking guys that like? have those wingsuits and they fly down the sides of mountains oh the uh i know who you're talking about those guys are nuts that the, the, is fucking crazy i watched a video <laughs> online the other day i mean they they get i mean they really they really these suits they produce a lot of lift i mean yeah i, I, mean, I saw I'm something not, i'm not sure what angle they're going down at, but swear to god they're they're good they're covering more horizontal distance than vertical distance yeah i saw something and it was up in the alps and it was one of these uh, mountainside cafes you know you take a tram up and then you sit up there and have your uh campari on the side of some italian mountain or whatever and chill out and it was just this you know they're sitting there and all of a sudden flying over their heads is some dude in a wingsuit going like 150 miles an hour yeah. <laughs> just because blam right past him like fucking superman it was crazy i mm-hmm. couldn't even imagine that kind of shit so that's pretty dangerous. And, and you got to respect the predator for that. Look, I don't have a problem with hunters. I mean, as long as it's licensed and there's a, 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 okay. a game of husbandry. Like, if you want to go kill a bear up in Canada, that's fine. As long as the Canadian government's looking out for the population and it's it's all above the board, I don't really mind. it actually probably be pretty fun. You go out in the woods for a while and then you have to go, like, field dress a bear. I think it'd probably be a blast. But I um, have okay. I do have a problem. That's a real sport. I do have a problem. It was in the news recently. Uh, This horrible cunt, Melissa Bachman, TV presenter and avid lifelong hunter, Uh fucking for whatever reason went and hunted a goddamn 
male lion in South Africa, and there's some horrible picture of her sitting above the corpse of a fucking endangered lion with this stupid shit-eating grin on her face. I say, fuck her. Fuck that dumb bitch. Uh, Anyway, I have a problem with that kind of shit. I have a problem with the king of Spain who is the head of its conversation society, conservation society, uh, going to Africa and killing a bull elephant. Come on. What the fuck? Well, look, in a, in a, in a lot of ways, it probably doesn't really matter that much. Uh, I know, but still, it's, 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 come on. Uh, you want, you want to hear a come on story? How about everybody getting their uh, panties bent out of shape this week about some zoo calling one of its giraffes? Everybody oh, I, I heard about had that. a fucking shit fit about that. It's like, which is a second. A zoo is managing the population of its captive giraffes. And yeah. Everybody has a, a, I, that I don't understand. People are fucking crazy. <laughs> I, my, I, my d- I, I don't get that. I don't know who would be upset by that, but they are absolute morons. Whoever, who, anybody who's upset by that is a moron. My, I, my daughter has this uh, very ubiquitous child teething toy called Sophie, and uh-huh. it's this little giraffe that all these little kids are on. <laughs> and it's something that's in made in France or something. Anyway, she was not on it this week, and I wanted to take a, a picture of it and put it on Facebook that said Danish controversy. <laughs> but I didn't do it. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. That, so I, the, I, I do not get Even Anderson Pooper was all worked up about it. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Of course, well, that's his yeah. job. I yeah. can't blame him. I'm doubting, right. I doubt he cares. Predator, uh, a much worthy game hunter than uh, ourselves, I would say. I think uh, we should maybe legalize hunting people. I think it might be a real good cash crop, certain areas of the well, country. Well, willing people? People who are willing? Of course not. Who would be willing to be hunted? There was some terrible Ice-T movie. You just the lesser some, like, people. He was some homeless dude, and these hunters trapped him and mm-hmm. uh, like stalked him in the wilderness or something like that. It was like, actually filmed out of si- outside of Wenatchee around mm-hmm. here. But uh, I forget what movie that was called. Uh I don't know, hunting iced tea, some like quasi homeless dude doesn't sound as enticing. Ice as... tea? Ugh, yeah, it was iced tea. I don't think I'd hunt iced tea. I'd maybe ice cube. He's that smaller. might be who you get. That might be who you get, you know, if you buy into that kind of thing. Ice cube. <laughs> I can take ice cube. I can't touch. I can't take iced tea. <laughs> All right, but Jesse Ventura and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh yeah, I mean I the thing that makes this movie for me is not the alien, which is a, he's, he's a fine movie monster. It's he's a, a good, good alien, though. He's and solid. It's a good alien. It's he's solid. solid. We have solid. Okay. I, I you know actually before we get into the uh, the uh, the human characters, I, I, the movie has a question for you. I don't know if we need to get into the human characters, but go ahead. Oh, we're going to get into the human characters. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, here's uh, here's your question. What the hell are you? So, what the hell are you, Matthew? <laughs> what the hell am I? As a predator, speaking as yeah, a predator, yeah. What the hell am I'm I? I'm a very bored, uh, post-resource limited alien race. You know what I am? I'm a Klingon on some kind of weird medication, on some kind of weird hormonal medication. Because mm. that's who this fucking. I was looking at this at the predator, and I was like, you know what? He looks sort of like a wear Klingon. Yeah, that's what he I'm looks, saying. He's got that. He's got that Star Trek alien. Let's put some facial stuff yeah, on him and put him in a weird I know, suit. I know. No, it's okay. I mean, it's within reason. Can they, but he's they a good-looking alien. He's. St- no. I mean, he he has menace. He's no, the, very. The convincing. face prosthetics are really good. But yeah. personally, I like the alien's answer. Very insightful. That's I think, right. I think that's really deep. <laughs> People think people think that the predators. When people talk about it, they say the predator is just mimicking what Schwarzenegger says. But I think the predator understands those words, and he's mimicking it back. Like, oh, I've been bested. What the hell uh, could it possibly be? I, th- I think. I think. Well, it, and then it starts I think, laughing. I think, yeah, I think the predator is aware of human vocal cues. I mean, it, it goes over and records voices. While they're talking, so they can use them again as like game calls later in yeah. the movie. Sort of I, like I think, uh, I think Duck it, Dynasty I, I, type stuff. I mean, why wouldn't <laughs> this intelligent, spacefaring Duck Dynasty guy? Duck <laughs> <Take> Dynasty. <laughs> why wouldn't he be able to understand these people and their vocalizations? He would. Well, why he's, an intellig- he? he's intelligent, yeah. right? Obviously, so I, he has th- a I think greater intelligence than us. I think that's. I think that's a great. I think that's a great bit of dialogue. That might be one of the best 
evil alien dialogues we've ever seen. Just, uh, well, there's always something bullyish about taking something you say and then throwing it right back at you. Yeah. I know you are, but what am I? You know, well, maybe because he, you know, but he knows he's going to get him in the end because he's going to he's going to launch his mini nuke. I know but that's a good idea. I, I just and he uses a laugh, which is a human laugh, which I'm sure he's imitating on purpose. Well, it's the I laugh just, from uh, Larry's son. What's the Sonny Landheim? Oh, the, is it? Yeah, it is sort of his laugh, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a perturbed version of that. Yeah, I think I think that's really deep. And uh, McTurney, I was surprised that McTurney didn't say anything. I was really, I watched all the way to the fucking end, so I could hear him comping on that, and he didn't say a goddamn thing. Uh, Very well, I think that's why this movie's good sci-fi because it, I guess, makes you reflect upon things that human beings do every, all the time. Without any kind of frame of reference, right? Uh, we go hunt, you know, big predatory animals, whatever. Um, then, obviously, putting a twist on it, but putting a twist on it <clears throat> in such a way that you don't get people hunting people like the most dangerous game, which is kind of like psychopathic, hom- you know, sort of homicidal urges. This is something more. Why is the predator really that evil? You know, I mean, well, I, is I it. Is it evil? Not really. it's evil. Well, I mean, it kind of has menace. You know, look, you're talking to a guy that wouldn't see the most dangerous game as necessarily evil. Hunting people for pe- for fun. I mean, I guess, you know, when I think of evilness, I think of it happening to have a, a real negative consequence to humanity or the world in general. And hunting one homeless iced tea doesn't really matter. I mean, really. It well, does, it doesn't make a shit of difference. I mean, hell, our country doesn't care if they freeze to death out in the cold. Why would well, you care if some rich fucker put him on an island and shot him? I'm just saying, like, when I think of that stupid cunt who hunted that that lion and that, you know, that horrible cunt, Melissa Bachman, I think that you're harvesting a creature without any resources. Uh, there's no resources to be had from your kill. Um, that kind of tends to make you a little bit malign. When you're hunting, people hunt elk, they hunt, you know, they hunt these big, huge, om- or these big, huge herbivores. It's usually for meat purposes. Even when people hunt bear, they can make like, you know, bear sausage or whatever, whatever. Yeah. And you can but make, when you're just you can... hunting shit to put on your wall, there's a, it's, it's a bit douchebaggy. I think the douchebaggy you know? part, you're going to a, a traditionally repressed, colonialized continent and repressing it some more just kind of sort of tasteless but i think tasteless is the best forest for the trees here matt as far as being mad about human beings raping the planet earth i'm not really mad about it anymore i'm just well i think well look if you're if you're you're, you're pissed about somebody killing a tiger a lion a lion whatever some big cat you should probably be pissed about humans like uh Basically destroying fish stocks in the oceans. Uh, it looks. Like, speak- it looks like the, the the most the most recent evidence looks like fish stocks won't won't recover because their ecological uh, niche has been filled by jellyfish. There's been a huge jellyfish explosion. And you want to know? You cannot eat jellyfish. See, that's more depressing. I don't like thinking about that kind of shit. But I'm well with you. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it, it's a small problem you can't get worried about. It's like crime in your neighborhood when there's a war going on overseas. Destroying sort of the aquatic uh, food chains and creating a much more simplified food chain based on algae and jellyfish uh, is much more depressing, believe me, than this this Melissa Bachman yeah. killing a, a lion in South Africa. I'm with you, um, but it doesn't get my blood a pumping. You know, when uh, I see fish stocks replaced with uh, unedible jellyfish. That's the problem. It's a very human reaction. We are not reasonable beings. We get mad about stuff we shouldn't get mad about. We don't get mad about things we should get mad about. It's because we're anecdotal anecdotal in origin. We're not statistical. It's just the way that our minds work. Uh, I hope we get fucking robot stuff together. So the human characters. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, let's go through those really quick because we're running out of time. How much time is it? I don't know. We're up on the hour, close to the hour. All right. Go ahead. I got a couple more drops I want to use then. Okay. Uh, Jesse Ventura. I ain't got time to bleed. Uh, What about uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger? Get to the chopper! (laughs) There you go. 
Those are my last two draws. That's it. Oh, I thought you were going to uh, put in it. the quote from Jesse where he's handing out the skull and people are refusing and he calls them a bunch of slack-jawed faggots. I mean, That's what, hey, what, uh, what quote are you talking about? Bunch of slack-jawed faggots around here. This stuff will make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. Just like me. Yeah, calling everybody a bunch of slack-jawed faggots while he's listening to Little Richard on his uh, boombox. It's pretty hilarious. Oh, I love feeling like an old man. Because it doesn't seem bad to use the word faggot to me, but you talk well, to the way that 20 or under, they'd fucking rip you a new one. Come on, that's a funny line. Can we just not admit that that's a funny line? Jesse Ventura and all his machismo and his minigun machismo uh, pass it around the carcinogen. And then when people refuse him, call him a bunch of slack-jawed faggots. It's just, that's just funny shit. It's such a caricature. It's hilarious. I, I love that scene. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm a man of my time. But I, that, scene's, that scene is still funny. I think it's funny, yeah. I like it. Yeah, it's pretty funny. And he's wearing an MTV shirt. That's pretty hilarious. That's when MTV was a little edgy. I love, I love the different outfits everybody's wearing when they come out of the chopper at the beginning. That's just <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and, and Dutch is sitting in the back with his uh, his uh, Cuban cigar. You know, not ready to get out of the chopper just yet. He has to, you know, has to take it all in before he heads on out. So, all right, let's wrap this thing up with the uh, review. Ebert reviewed this movie on June 12th, 1987. He gave it three stars, which is his uh, most reserved thumbs up. Um, pretty quick review. Uh, I think he makes a couple of good points, and uh, yeah, it's a so-so review. Here, let's just read it. He starts it off pretty nice. He goes, Predator begins like a Rambo movie and ends like Alien. Um, and in today's Hollywood, that's creativity. <laughs> the most movies are inspired by only one previous blockbuster. M- movies are inspired by the direct prequel. Oh, I had an idea, by the way. Yeah. Uh, remakes with the original actors. Am I, am I not on to something there? Well, that's an interesting idea. Fucking good idea is what I think. Anyway, go ahead. Um, this kind. Of, this is the kind of idea that is produced at the end of a 10-second brainstorming session. <laughs> but if it's well oh. done, who cares? And it's he says, good. Predator is filmed very well. Um, he goes on to say, talking about some of the filming, that I've rarely seen a jungle look more beautiful or more convincing. It's funny because if you listen to the uh, the uh, director's commentary, a lot of the jungle scenes were shot in a set back in L.A. Uh, the, uh, a lot of the jungle scenes were shot in a deciduous forest that was in fall, so they had to fuck with the color like crazy. Also, they had to always be bringing in dress the actual jungle they were filming in with green foliage that they brought with wow, themselves. Wow, what a pain in the ass. And so it really ends, you end up with a jungle that's sort of not really a jungle. It's sort of this otherworldly jungle, and I think that's... It looks good. It looks good, it looks but good. It, it's not, it doesn't look like a real jungle, and I think that's, I think it's it's more open, and there's more sunshine, and I think that's what uh, Ebert's responding to, not that it's a convincing jungle. It's more of a movie jungle. Um, okay. He goes on to talk about a few things. Um, here he goes... Um, talking about the alien design he goes stan stan winston who designed the creature has created a beast that is sufficiently disgusting to justify schwarzenegger's loathing for it and then he goes on to ask a couple of really dumb questions like why would a alien species go to all the effort to come to earth to hunt and um why would um a technologically advanced creature bother having a real mono on mono fights. And I mean, the answers are, we've covered them already. The answers are so obvious. Uh, I don't know why Ebert even poses the question. He cannot be that dumb that he come up, can't come up with plausible ideas. Well, the first answer, I mean, to, to regurgitate or to reiterate, the first answer is basically, uh, you could say, why do, why do humans do the same thing? Yeah, right. we, in, when you're in post scarcity, why do we do any of the hobbies we do? This is just a hobby. And then, well, and then I would say for the number two question, uh, because predators are 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 much more of a noble species than human beings. They're sporting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're much more sporting than we are. So, I mean, there's such simple answers. I don't, I don't know why he poses these dumb questions. It's, uh, it's really bad. Either. Whatever. Um, also. Um, 
At one point in the movie, the creature removes its helmet so it can battle Arnold. Um, I was cynical enough to assume that its motivation was not so much macho pride, but the desire to display Winston's special effects. And that, sure. the funny thing is that's actually not the case. Oh, the thing it? is that the, the Winston special effects were so complicated to do because it took like a battery of animators off screen to animate that face that, um, that McTurnan actually made that had them design the space helmet so they could limit the use of that as much as possible throughout the film and to simplify matters. So the space helmet was added so they could wait until the very end when they had less to film and all that animation to do. One thing I wanted to make a comment of, I know we're uh, wrapping up the review, but what I was thinking of is when this movie came out in 86, 87, you had very limited means for spoilers, right? He, all he really had was TV uh, trailers that that let you, I guess, and that was it. That was the limit of how much you could really, uh, guess, give away on a film. Now you can just fucking, uh, hey, this movie has a spoiler, and you just Google it like the second it comes out, and you know what the spoiler is, and you see all the images and everything. But this movie benefits from, I guess, an old promotion model that you really it, it gives away the alien slowly, and it's nice. Uh, you get sort of a, a it's kind of like Alien from last week when we were discussing it. Leaks the alien a little bit at a time, and the end where it pulls the face mask off and you get the serendipity. Full yeah, serendipity it was done for budget reasons. I get that. Uh, and then you get the full money shot, like you said, and you're like, hey, you know, that's – you get that. It's it's nice. Yeah, there's some nice sound. special effects, and I like the reveal. I thought I thought it's paced nicely. It's yeah, a good yeah, movie. It's a good action movie. It worked. It worked. So, anyway, uh, anything else from me, Bird, on this? No. Uh, next week, as I talked about earlier, uh, we'll be continuing our uh, Dan O'Bannon-a-thon. Oh, Dan O'Bannon uh, with uh, Toby Hooper's uh, Life Force, uh, written by uh, Dan O'Bannon. As we said earlier, looks like an interesting movie that's sort of been forgotten. It's Twilight in space. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. So yeah, I'm looking forward to some twinkly, uh, twinkly uh, uh, vampire romance in space. That's right. But I'm pretty sure it happens on Earth mostly. I don't know uh, too much about it. Anyways, me neither. Other than it looks pretty slick for a mid '80s, uh, uh, you know, horror slash sci-fi movie. Right. Uh, so uh, I'm looking forward to that, and uh, and don't forget to visit our Facebook page. Yes, at, Facebook, uh, Facebook dot com forward slash <laughs> something about Matt and Mark and cult movies. No, just just uh, I think if you, uh, I don't know, is there a link on our web Facebooks work? Uh, I can put work? one, but you just I think just just do the cult of Matt and Mark. It's www.facebook.com slash the cult of Matt and Mark and it should just pop you right onto our page and like it and uh, if we get a certain amount of likes uh, something magical happens it'd be weird if we got like two dozen likes Uh, I think we get two dozen just from our mutual friends unless they're total assholes I think we can probably garner that many as I was uh, saying it'll be nice if we get two dozen likes well it's nice because I'm putting all of our podcasts up uh, just as links more or less and, you know, you can comment there because with Blogger, you have to actually have a Blogger ID and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it's sort of a pain. But with the comment and stuff, you can uh, say, oh, eh, this was shit. Why didn't you guys talk about this or whatever? So you can kind of go back to old podcasts and uh, we get notifications on all that good stuff on what uh, what people are saying. So it's I think it's just easier for us and maybe a little bit more visible to us and we can we can uh you know satiate our vast fan fan base a little bit easier and uh what uh uh, uh put salve on our our uh, our sort of uh <clears throat> from the me, troll our egos yes yeah, right, from the troll wins. i don't know some troll like hit hit me up on our uh, one of a few uh youtube videos mm-hmm. uh, we put our we put like a handful of our videos what, up for a tasteless comment on youtube well i never i know it's, and and i think it was like we were called two idiots and it was some uh some like whoever this person was actually had the audacity to put their actual picture up of themselves and it was pretty scary 
uh, and it was on our Caligula uh, post, and it was – I'm trying to find it really quick without uh, dragging things out here. But um, They put a picture of what up there? Themselves, because you, like, put a picture of your – Oh, because they, it was their Google Plus account. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find they it. They used their uh, actual name. Oh, did she get rid of it? She might have. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. I, I think the there's a little more screening to the comments now. I think uh, YouTube removes trolly comments automatically to a certain degree. Oh, because I enjoyed her trolly comments, and she called us a bunch of idiots. And I said, thanks for listening, and if you want to hear to more nonsense, please hit her blog. I don't know. I think Maybe she's listening now. right now. Well, hello. I hope so. Oh, yeah. Pretty lady. <laughs> anyway. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, until next week.